I'm standing in the City Hall Square in Copenhagen. There's a lot of bikes and pedestrian traffic around me. Half of the square is under construction because they're building a new line for the metro. Off to one side you can see uh, Tivoli, the amusement park, and on the other side uh, is the beginning of the shopping street in central Copenhagen. City Hall is right in front of me with its clock tower off to the left. Welcome to If Walls Could Dream, a podcast about the stories hidden within the walls of everyday buildings. I believe every building has a story to tell, but it's up to us to listen. We're starting off with an incredible example from the center of Copenhagen, Denmark. My name is Christopher, uh, and I'm a city hall guard. But Christopher isn't your ordinary city hall guard. Um, I've been working here 21 years. He's devoted his life to uncovering the stories hidden here. 17 years I've been a tour guide. And sharing them with the world. And uh, the last 10 years have been very productive in the way of understanding how the architect Martin, Martin Europe how he sort of created this building. Martin Neurup was a Danish architect born in 1849. And his father was a priest, and his father was a priest. And I can't remember how many priests there were, but there was a bishop as well, and then there was another priest. So his father and mother thought that Martin Neurup, he should be a priest as well. So he was sent to a school when he was um, uh, 10 to read to be a priest. And um, then he, when he became 16, he was thrown out of the school. Uh, and the teacher said, you are a good guy, but you are lazy. And uh, the thing was that he had been playing too good with the um, aristocrats. Uh, they were going to the same school. It's a very um, special school in Denmark, um, prestigious place. And uh, the aristocracy had been, you know... Um, uh, taught um, what they should be taught in that school for many hundreds or for, for a long time anyway and uh, now the bourgeoisie in, in the 1800s were allowed in the school so they were going in different classes but when they had free time they were playing in the woods together and uh, at some point the teachers found out that they were having a game and they wanted to understand this game so they asked the, the kids or the boys to to explain what they did and they said we were having a feast with the with the keeper of the woods. You know, that sounds nice, but they were smoking and drinking in the woods. And, um, of course, the teachers knew, and they threw him out of school. Then he came to uh, his uh, father and mother, who was, you know, six years, and he's not becoming a priest anyway. What's going on with our boy? And the father said, uh, you have to, you know, fast. We have to find something else for you. And uh, he was very, very good at drawing, so he said, you can be an architect. And Martin, he... uh, um, had a friend in a small city close by called Rinköping who was building ships. And he thought, wow, I'm going to build ships. But you, he was a boy like 16 years of age. And I think most of us remember how it is to be 16 and you don't really find your feet. And the parents said to him, hello, don't you know what a, an, an architect is? You know, you're not going to build any ships, you know. So he was pretty sad about that. He wanted to build ships like a friend. He loved craftsmanship and to build and to, you know, create like this. But to be an architect in those days, you had to have a craftsmanship. He came to Copenhagen when he was 17 to be a woodworker. Um, you had to have a craft to be an, an architect. Okay. And then he um, uh, had to begin at the very bottom, uh, you know, like all the kids those in those days, an apprentice. And he 
somehow was different than the other boys now because most boys in those days when they began as an apprentice were 11, 12, 13, 14 years of age and he was 17 now, you know. But he has to bow, he had to, put, you know, uh, sit on his knees and he had to shift uh, the wood of uh, open sewers uh, the first year. This was the work for the apprentices in the first year of uh, uh, being a woodworker. And he did, and we have a description when he does that, how some of his friends from the nobility, the aristocrats, come walking down the streets, you know, hello, Martin, you know. And you almost feel like you want to, you know, pat him on, on the back and say, Martin, just relax, you're going to make something wonderful one day. Uh, so this was Martin. He, he, was, um, he, was, he loved the craftsmanship. He, he was, of course, uncertain of himself in the beginning, but uh, little by little he understood more and more. But he was also crazy with history, and I think those days in the woods, together with aristocrats, with the nobility, was very uh, fruitful. I think that they had a very good time drinking beer and smoking in the woods. And I think they had probably been to- telling stories. This was a time when Denmark was in war. And um, so the, the young kids they probably have had a lot of stories to tell, especially the aristocrats about the Danish history, and uh, we were very national romantic around uh, the Nordic myth and uh, uh, where do we come from as a people, and that was important because maybe if we lose the war, actually we lost towards the Germans in 1864, and that was a big battle, and he was thrown away from the school in 1865, so there's some big dramatic events around uh, the Danish history there, and I think this adds to his, uh, you know, being uh, very preoccupied with the history in here. Martin used his knowledge of history to design the Copenhagen City Hall. The building is much, much more interesting than it says in the books. So uh, this is about uh, a guy who really had a lot of imagination and a lot of interesting ideas uh, when he uh, wanted to create the story of Denmark and Copenhagen, which was once, just to make the very short story uh, is that once it was a fishing village and it became a big port of Denmark, the biggest city in Denmark, the capital. The city hall tells about the history of Copenhagen through its architecture. The facade itself shows stories which never have been described. Uh, all the things I'm telling actually never been described before. Uh, we are writing a book about it, but it's it's not finished yet. And. Um, on the facade, you have a big picture, a big uh, sculpture above the the door, above, uh, above the main gate, and uh, that picture is the founder of Copenhagen, the the bishop Absalon. This goes back to 1167 when he built the first castle of Copenhagen, and um, so everyone talks about him as the founder. The picture you see on the facade then is interesting. How? What is the picture? Is it just the Bishop Absalon or is there something more to it? And there is something more to it because the picture is actually is his gravestone from a church called Sorø, like 80-something kilometers from, from Copenhagen, maybe more. And there's an old church also back from Absalon's days where Absalon, the founder himself, is buried. And the gravestone in the floor you see a picture of Absalon cut in the stone. And what Martin Europe did then, just like a, someone who was playing or creating something for a theater, he takes this gravestone from Absalon's and then he places it on the front of the facade, 
But the stone on Absalom's grave is flat, and he makes him three-dimensional. And then he turns, he puts gold on him, like he sort of starts to shine, and he opens his eyes. So he's actually somehow waking the old Absalom alive again, right? That is the beginning of the story of Copenhagen, the story he will tell about Copenhagen. It begins with Absalom, the founder, in this way. He wakes the old bishop to, to, to life. When you look at the facade again, you have the bishop Absalom, and we say he was the bishop of Roskilde, and the Roskilde is the old capital, only 35 kilometers from here. Uh, so we have the idea of Roskilde, and the church I was telling before was from Sora. And then you have some other details on the facade with some roof, parts of the roof come from another church called Lund. So now you have Lund, Sore, Roskilde. No, the point is that he's actually creating a facade of history around Bishop Absalom. When you then enter the building, you go into this old-ish, old-ish building because it's finished 1905 but it's um, created in such a way, from an architectural point of view, he's using the old techniques from the days of Absalom. So the stonework, the woodwork, everything in here is from 1905, but it looks like it's from the days of Absalom. That's why this city hall look, looks much, much older than it really is, because the architect wants us to bring us back in time through the architecture. So you, when you come into the big hall after you sort of pass the main gates, into the big hall, you stand on old stones, going back to Absalom's days, and so on and so on. So now you are in the story, you are back in time, you are not just reading something on the wall, you can also read the story on the wall because it places some information on the wall, but really the thing is that you, if you understand this, you feel the pathos of it, you are in the story, you are not just looking at it. When you enter the building, you enter the story. And Copenhagen City Hall has a lot of stories to tell. Everywhere you look, there's another interesting detail of the architecture that symbolizes something in Denmark's history. Tune in next time when we go inside to unravel the story at the top of a staircase. Special thanks to Christopher Salholt for letting me tell this story. The music is Ever Mindful and Easy Lemon by Kevin MacLeod. This has been If Walls Could Dream. I'm Hannah Oitzman. Thanks for listening and keep dreaming. <laughs>